Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Yeah, we do it as some strange stuff, I admit it. When I describe our little hobby niche to hobbyists who have a different area of interest in the aquarium world, it's interesting that I'm usually met with looks of curiosity and the occasional inquiry as to why we do what we do with our aquariums. And I totally get it, too. I mean, I get this less than I used to get, but I still do get it from time to time. I mean, to the unindoctrinated, it does seem a bit odd that we take a, you know, a perfectly clean aquarium and throw in a large amount of leaves and seed pods and stuff and leave them to just decompose on the bottom sort of goes against the grain of mainstream aquarium keeping. As, I, as you know, I take delight in this, and we've talked about this many times. Yet we'd be hard-pressed to argue that the process goes against nature, right? We do add a lot of biological material to our tanks in the form of leaves and botanicals, and this is pretty analogous to the process of alectonous input, material which is imported into an aquatic e- ecosystem from outside of it. You know, stuff falls from the trees into the water. Yeah, it's exactly what happens in many of the tropical streams and rivers that some of us just obsess over. And there's been a fair amount of research and speculation by scientists and hobbyists about the processes which occur when terrestrial materials like leaves and botanicals enter aquatic environments, and most of it's based on field observations. As hobbyists, we have a rather unique opportunity to observe firsthand the impact and effects of this material in our own aquariums. I love this aspect of our practice as it sort of creates these really interesting possibilities to embrace and create more naturally functioning systems while possibly even validating the field work done by scientists. So it goes without saying that there's implications for both the biology and chemistry of the aquatic habitats when leaves and other botanicals enter them. This is not something that sounds like very speculative, right? Many of these things that we as hobbyists also observe every day in our aquariums are the same. We see firsthand how leaves and botanical materials impact the lives of our fishes and the other aquatic organisms in these closed systems. Phenomena such as the appearance of biofilms, long a topic that simply never came up in the hobby outside of maybe, you know, dedicated shrimp keepers, are now, you know, simply part of the equation in properly established botanical style aquariums. We're seeing them for the benefits they provide for our systems rather than just freaking out and panicking every time they show up. Interestingly, A lab study I came upon found out that when leaves are saturated in water, biofilms actually at its peak when other nutrients, i.e. phosphate, nitrate, etc., tested at their lowest limits. Now this is interesting to me because it seems that in our botanical style blackwater aquariums, biofilms tend to occur early on when one would assume these compounds are at their highest concentrations, right? And biofilms are essentially the byproduct of bacterial colonization, meaning that there must be a lot of food for the bacteria at some point if there's a lot of biofilm, right? More questions. Now, does this simply imply that biofilms arrive on the scene and peak out really quickly or an indication that there's actually less nutrient in the water? Is the nutrient bound up in the biofilms? And when our fishes and other animals consume them, does this provide a significant source of sustenance for them? Hmm. Now, I think we know there are some answers to some of these things and we've talked about them before, but there's a lot of interesting questions and observations. Oh, here's another one. So when leaves fall into streams... Field studies have shown that their nitrogen content typically will increase. 
Why is this important? Scientists see this as evidence of microbial colonization, which is correlated by a measured increase in oxygen consumption. Now, this is interesting to me because those very rare disasters that we occasionally hear about in, in our tanks when we do see them, which isn't very often at all, they're usually caused by the hobbyist adding a really large quantity of leaves and botanicals all at once, resulting in the fishes gasping at the surface trying to get oxygen, and it's a sign of oxygen depletion. It makes sense, right? As I've said repeatedly, if we don't make the effort to understand the hows and whys and attempt to skirt nature's processes, she'll kick our asses. Simple as that. Now, those are interesting clues about the processes of decomposition of leaves when they enter our aquatic ecosystems. They have implication for our use of botanicals and the way we manage our systems. I think that the simple fact that pH and oxygen tend to go down quickly when leaves are initially submerged in pure water during lab tests gives us some idea as to what to expect. A lot of the initial environmental changes will happen rather quickly and then stabilize over time, which of course leads me to conclude that the development of sufficient populations of organisms to process the incoming botanical load is a critical part of the establishment of our botanical-style aquariums. Getting those bacterial populations up, it's super important. Now here's a thought to consider too. Inputs of terrestrial materials like leaf litter and seed pods can leach dissolved organic carbon which rich in you know lignin and cellulose and other stuff into the water. Now, factors like light, mineral hardness, and the bacterial community affect the degree to which this material is actually broken down into its constituent parts in this environment. Something we've kind of known for a while, right? And again, lignin is a major component of the stuff that's leached into our aquatic environments, along with that other big player, tannin. Tannins, of course, according to chemists, are a group of stringent biomolecules that tend to bind to and precipitate proteins and other organic compounds. They're found in almost every plant around, and they're thought to play a role in protecting the plants from predation and potentially aiding their growth. As you might imagine, they're super abundant in leaves. In fact, it's thought that tannins comprise as much as 50% of the dry weight of leaves. And of course, tannins in leaves, wood, and plant materials tend to be highly water-soluble, creating our beloved black water as they decompose. So as the tannins leach into the water, they create that transparent yet darkly stained water that we love so much. In simplified terms, black water tends to occur when the rate of carbon fixation, i.e. photosynthesis, and its partial decay to soluble organic acids exceeds its rate of complete decay to carbon dioxide, known as oxidation. And it just goes to show you that some of the things that we could do in our aquariums, such as utilizing alternative substrate materials, botanicals, and perhaps even submersion-tolerant terrestrial plants, are strongly reminiscent of what happens in the wild. Sure, we don't typically maintain completely open systems, but I just wonder how much of the ecology of these amazing habitats we can replicate in our tanks and what the potential benefits that we can realize are. Yeah, I think it's just having a bit more than a superficial understanding of the way botanicals and other materials interact with the aquatic environment and how we can embrace and replicate these systems in our own aquariums. There's, there's more to it. The real message here is not to be afraid of learning about seemingly complex or arcane you know, chemical or biological nuances in these systems. As our practices evolve, it's really important for us to take a more holistic approach. I think it's one that would take into account the ionic content of the source water, the careful addition of substrate, the botanical materials we use, the wood we use, and other aspects of our, you know, uniquely botanical style aquariums that'll make them some of the most realistic representations of nature that's yet been attempted in the aquarium hobby. It's going to get very, very fun, very, very fast. Glad you're part of it. Stay curious, stay bold, stay observant, stay thoughtful, stay diligent, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. Take care of yourself and your family. Remember to stay at home, distance yourself, pull up a good book or 
the website or uh, look at some blogs, spend some time uh, reading, researching, tweaking your tanks and just uh, being thankful for what we have. We all need to take care of each other. Every human on earth needs to do their part to uh, to stay down and stop this uh, spread of this pandemic. And I think it's really important that we all share in that responsibility for the betterment of humanity. So until next time, again, take care. We'll talk to you real soon and I'll see you on the next installment of The Tint.